Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of January 4th, 2022, and officially episode number 499. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. Yes, the first show of 2022. And uh, on the uh, cusp of hitting 500 with 499, we're on the edge of the cliff. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but uh, yeah, it's been a long journey uh, to get this far to 499. And we'll see where 500 takes us. Uh, don't, I don't really have any plans for that, but uh, we'll see what happens for that show number 500 uh, this week. It's only the fourth, so not a whole lot of new news. There's a little bit of stuff that happened over the weekend, but uh, most of tonight's stuff is kind of a, a continuation of a look back at last year, although uh, some of these stories happened right at the tail end. Eh, pun intended on that one. You'll find that out. Uh, of 2021. And uh, we'll look back at a, a few stories uh, tonight from last year, including the top UAP slash UFO stories of 2021. Uh, not my list, uh, but somebody else's list, and we'll talk about that. Um, but first, I want to mention I, I spent a little time uh, updating the events listing on the website for uh, 2022, and uh, it's it's a long process normally, but it's even worse now with uh, the COVID and and difficulty in securing some of these event sites and uh, local laws and, and different things and people just really being uh, even more tentative. And usually these uh, events get thrown together uh, within uh, a few months of being put on, which I don't recommend. I plan mine a year in advance Actually, not even that long, probably 10 months in advance. And it still wasn't even long enough to uh, curtail some of the issues I encountered. So I always tell people, if you're going to do a, a paranormal conference or convention, give it a year. Plan it a year in advance, if not longer. Uh, everyone just seems to want to jump into it and throw it together in and, and, uh, you know, March or April, but they want to have it in September or August. Uh, that's just not enough time. And seeing it, it's, it's a little difficult this year watching some of these events uh, that were put on last year, a lot of them are, are still lingering for their decision on doing something for 2022. Uh, I do have uh, the ghost section updated. Now it's not the full list. I'm sure there's uh, plenty that I've missed out there, but uh, that of the three segments that I have, the uh, UFO and encrypted, uh, the ghost section, which is generally the one that more people go to than any other, uh, that one is updated uh, again. Although I, I'm sure there's a few that I've got to add yet. I just kind of updated the list that I had last year for this year, um, but I have a whole pile of events that I have to add, uh, pretty much in all three categories. So it's it's a slow go, and I've noticed again that a, a lot of 
places have not updated for this year. Uh, so kind of a fruitless search trying to get those things updated. So the list is a little smaller this year than it has been in the last couple of years. And I'm still kind of wondering how many are going to get canceled or postponed. There's quite a few that happened earlier uh, in the year. So that'll be interesting, the, these ones that are in February, January, February, March. We'll see what happens. Uh, but we will see uh, how these uh, develop. And hopefully, uh, I almost don't want to invest too much time in updating the list because of what happened the last two years of cancellations and uh, uh, events being moved a year or two. Uh, there are some events that have missed two years now that are being put on this year that weren't on last year, postponed from 2020 all the way to this year. So, yikes. Fingers crossed we'll see uh, how these things develop. Uh, other anomalous notes for you this week. Uh, the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2021 is now officially available on the blog page from the uh, Paranormal News Insider home at paranewsinsider.com. And uh, I did post that through the Paranews Insider Facebook page. Uh, I should say the Paranormal News Insider Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Insider. Of course, you can just search Paranormal News Insider, uh, which also hit Twitter, which is also at Paranews Insider. Uh, so that is out there. See a few people have read that. Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. Some people like to hear it. Other people want to see it. Some people want to read the links and see some pictures and things. So uh, I've added links to those stories from my show notes as well as uh, one picture each. I don't want to get too carried away with some of those. But, um, yeah, have at it. Read about last year. But let's look forward to 2022 and what's going to happen this year. Um I think that's it for my notes. Yeah, I'm going to continue to uh, update the events listing. And one uh, new trend that I'm seeing, uh, one event uh, so far, read a rumor that this is going to happen at a couple of other events. So you might want to kind of keep this in mind if you get all excited about going to a paranormal conference or convention. Uh, the Oregon Ghost Conference, which is uh, late March, uh, let's see, the 25th through the 27th, uh, they're going to be requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test for all speakers, vendors, instructors, and in attendees. I don't know if that's a local ordinance or that's something that they're doing. I don't know the legality behind that either, but um, yeah, be prepared. Yeah, that's the first I've seen of that after two years. I don't know if they're just doing it because uh, cruise lines are doing it or airlines are doing similar things, but they have to there's some stuff that they have to do before they're allowed to do that. So I don't, I don't know the legality on that, but uh, I don't know what's, what's going on out there in Oregon. So, but uh, yeah, be aware that they, they may ask for that kind of stuff. So uh, welcome to, welcome to 2022, I guess that's, that's different. Uh, so let's open it up. Let's go into the cryptid news for this week. A lot of cryptid news. This week, it seems like it's been all cryptid news as of lately. Uh, 
alligator sightings. I'm sure a lot of people, eh, some people maybe are getting a little tired of the alligator stuff. I, I don't know. It just doesn't stop. It's not like I'm looking for it. They just keep popping in uh, to all, a couple of my news feeds. It just, it's just crazy. I don't know if they've learned that I like these stories. and uh, I don't know, but uh, they just keep uh, popping in. So we've had a lot of these random alligator sightings in the northeastern part of the United States, or even the northern part of the United States. They don't live there. So they're basically getting there by people are uh, dumping them off. But uh, these sightings generally take place in the warmer months of the year. Uh, however, a report was updated on New Year's Eve. that states that uh, police and the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection officials found and rescued a four-foot-long alligator in the Guilford, Connecticut area last Thursday. Uh, the details behind where the alligator was found was not revealed, but officials stated that it was easy to catch, of course, because of the cold conditions. So it's not really going to be uh, feeding. It probably didn't have a whole lot of energy. Uh, their heart rate, metabolism, all that slows down in the cold. Uh, they can't really survive too long that way. Uh, so it didn't uh, put up much of a fight. So the alligator is named Stella and is headed to an aquarium. Um, I guess it says to live its out its life. That's kind of harsh. Uh, the Guilford Police Department states via their Facebook page that alligators are prohibited pets according to Connecticut state law. And reading the Connecticut state law, it's pretty much every animal under the sun that's illegal. Uh, I didn't. I was trying to think of some animal that you could sneak in there. But, man, their list is pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, don't uh, don't throw those out in the pond. It's pretty much a death sentence, especially this time of the year. They, they, can't, they can't make it in the super cold. That's why they don't live here. Uh, if it was okay, uh, they'd be living in Connecticut already. But it's uh, too, too difficult when it's too cold, especially a smaller gator like that with, uh, you know, five, probably six months of weather that's, in the low 40s or high 30s, just not not conducive. Uh, worse yet, uh, north of the border, go even further north, Connecticut, you go to Canada, and uh, kind of a startling story out there at first when I first read it, but then I dug into it a little bit more, and it's, it's, eh, and it's even worse. Um, at least five exotic snakes, as well as an alligator, were found dead in a ditch in the town of uh, Caledon near Toronto. It gets outside of uh, Mississauga in Ontario. Um, the dead animals were discovered apparently after a uh, phone call about animal cruelty at a, uh, a private menagerie uh, in a nearby area. Uh, Toronto Zoo CEO Dolph DeJong said, quote, Unfortunately, this is not a unique situation in Ontario. Many individuals are operating non-accredited roadside zoos or have exotic animals in private ownership. We continue to work with the provincial and federal governments to ensure strong regulations are put into place to prevent the private ownership of exotic and endangered animals or the housing of these animals in roadside zoos, unquote. So uh, apparently somebody got caught, and they uh, tried to dispose of the evidence. Pretty sad. Uh, but again, 
you wonder if they were deceased before that or uh, they just were pitched into the roadside. So this, again, continues to add up to all these stories of three to four foot long alligators being discovered in ponds. Then you get to these these people that are putting together uh, roadside zoos or backyard zoos. It seems like everybody wants an exotic animal nowadays. You, know, you probably saw the the video. The the lady was it Kuwait carrying a, a a lion down the down an alley down a street. That's crazy. It just seems like there people everywhere want to want to have an exotic pet, exotic animal. We talked about uh, the servals and caracals from uh, last year. You know, exotic cats that people want to have. You know, where does it end? And uh, what? What will it eventually do to our environment if these animals uh, do escape, do get out? Obviously, alligators are not going to get a very strong foothold in southern Canada or northern United States. Not going to happen. Well, unless the uh, temperatures rise, uh, maybe possible along the coast, but probably not. Um, speaking of servals and caracals, uh, the uh, escaped exotic animals. Uh, 2021, we we talked about that. Um, that was the number seven story, I think. I should know because I wrote it. Uh, and I think it was. I hope I'm right. And the escaped tiger in Houston, that was number five on the top ten paranormal news stories of 2021. What's going to happen uh, this year? Well, uh, WLUK, Fox 11 News, out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, they wrapped up 2021 with a story discussing two escaped exotic animals. The first was a story we did talk about here on the show. It was Rex the alligator. Rex uh, somehow climbed out of his fenced-in enclosure at Doc's Zoo at Doc's Harley-Davidson in uh, Bondool, Wisconsin. Yes, they can climb fences. Uh, the 10-foot-long alligator was loose for three days before being wrangled up by a small army of volunteers and returned to its cage. I think they made the cage a couple of feet taller. Doesn't mean that he can't get out of that one. Uh, despite being a heavy year for loose alligators in places they're not supposed to be, uh, the multitude of stories, uh, unfortunately, just didn't crack the top 10 last year. Most of them were small stories, making Rex probably one of the more viral stories of the year. Uh, the second story covered by WLUK is one that uh, I don't remember hearing about, but it's very similar to the one that happened in Maryland a month later. Uh, so in August, a pair of zebras escaped an enclosure in Seymour, Wisconsin, and were loose for a couple of days before being captured. As for the pair of surviving zebras that escaped in mid-August mid in Maryland, well, that hit the uh, hit my show in September, and we talked about it for uh, a couple of months. Uh, they were finally captured after four months in mid-December. Uh, of the three escaped zebras in Maryland, one was found dead after being caught in an illegal snare trap very close to the fence where the rest of the zebras were roaming. Uh, the owner is still under investigation for animal cruelty and other allegations so i guess there was more zebra escapes than i had realized that's disturbing 
uh, they could probably live. You know, if they escaped, got into the woods, and uh, he had more than a probably take more than one breeding pair because you know they would obviously inbreed and that causes problems. Uh, but if you had a few breeding pairs, it's possible they could uh, take off. You got uh, reestablished elk in Pennsylvania, and they're kind of growing out of control. Uh, other animals been reintroduced. I don't think zebras have ever lived here, but we still have wild horses, and they're fairly close to that. So yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, continuing on the alligators, so weird story today out of WLWT, which is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, they're reporting on a strange creature. Get this, found on top of a 16-story building. Now, obviously, uh, I have read one uh, outlet out of California that insinuated that this creature crawled up 16 stories. Uh, nobody said that, that I know of from the different uh, things that I read on it. Uh, it was found on top of a 16-story senior center in, uh, uh, what was it? can't remember the name, uh, Madisonville? It's, outside, it's just northeast of, well, it's pretty much in the Cincinnati metro area, but it's northeast of downtown Cincinnati. Um, it was discovered during an alarm check on the roof. So uh, members of the senior center went up there with uh, fire crews, and they discovered this creature just chilling out. Well, it was pretty much dead, but uh, it was uh, still warm, according to... Uh, the story, and not frozen. Uh, we had temperatures here in Ohio that were well below freezing. Uh, Mid-20s last night. Um, did warm up today. It was in the low 40s this afternoon here where I live. Well, a couple hours, about three and a half hours north of this location. Um, and off and on, it's been freezing. So can't imagine that creature... Would have survived very much longer. Very small, very short creature, about six and a half inches. So it's not not your typical three, four foot alligator that normally gets uh, tossed out. But you don't usually see one on top of a building, just chilling out on the roof. Um, authorities have no idea where it came from at this point. But uh, yeah, I got a picture. That I'll throw it in chat so you guys can. Take a look if you've not seen this story. Uh, again, it's kind of a, a new story today. And they the way they took the picture, you really can't tell what it is. It could be an iguana. could be an alligator. Uh, some sources said crocodile, but that's not a crocodile head. It could be um, either an alligator or an iguana. depends, but it's very, very small. Um, either way, if it's an iguana, it's probably... Eh, it's not quite an adult. still adolescent to... A babyish, um, from what I've seen, but it doesn't doesn't really give much detail the way they've taken these pictures. Um, looking straight down, but uh, with there's one there with a ruler, and it, the tail ends right after six inches, so it's not very big. Uh, but still, how did it get there? Who had it at a senior center? You think they would know? Well, granted, 16 stories. Uh, that's a lot of rooms. That's a lot of people. But you'd think that they would know somebody who had one. And how would somebody get up on the roof anyway? Seems kind of weird to me. Um, but I don't know. We'll see if there's more information about that story. But 
just strange. Probably one of the strangest escaped or dumped exotic animals that I've seen in recent times. And where else have we got? We've got some, well, Bigfoot. Why not? Let's talk about Bigfoot. We haven't had too much to talk about about Bigfoot. We did have uh, one decent story last year, which is mentioned in this particular story, uh, about a countdown. Look back. Uh, Not necessarily all of last year, but it looks like it goes back quite a few years. And obviously this time of the year, uh, December, late December, early January, uh, we have a tendency to to ramp up the year. We look back. We watch those three-minute-long Google commercials. Uh, We... Read all these stories on random websites about uh, top stories, maybe the most viral videos on TikTok or, or whatever it is. And we do the same thing here in the paranormal. There's a lot of paranormal stories that wrap up the year or count things down. Uh, lots of ranking of things. It's just what we do. And it's a good way to review the year. It's why I do my top 10 every single year. Well, since 2000. 10. Um, so the U.S. Sun, so the Sun, which is based in the United Kingdom, I, I didn't know there was a U.S. version. Of course, uh, they got to make money somehow, I guess, right? Uh, they published a list of the five best Bigfoot sightings of the last 10 years that it says prove the legendary beast exists. I'm a little hesitant to, to uh, use the word prove. In a video or a photograph, I think is uh, very difficult to prove anything. You need a little bit more than that. Uh, but the most recent event on the list took place last year, and it was filmed on the Cass River in Michigan in July of 2021. The video spurred a lot of debate, and there was a lot of interpretation as to what you were looking at. Uh, a lot of people saw a baby Bigfoot in the arms of this creature going across the river, completely hair-covered as brown. Um, again, for those in chat, I do have a picture. I'll show you. The Cass River incident, if you've not seen that, I'm sure you have. Uh, again, a viral video. Uh, you can click on that picture, and it uh, will come out of the chat so you can see a little bit bigger. But just a, a brown covered bipedal something or other could be a person could be bigfoot Uh, who knows doubt it's a bear you can eliminate a bear from that Uh, but what was it and again the uh, people will see something in its arms Uh, could be a baby bigfoot or maybe even a deer some people say they see in its arms as it crossed the river out in the open apparently uh, there's a couple of people out there kayaking and they just so happen to see this thing crossing the river Uh, a lot of people also think it could just be a fisherman in waders or just a hoax video i mean a fisherman in waders maybe but where's the gear and why would it be carrying a deer and why would it be hunting in july if it is a deer would be illegal Uh, so a lot of questions and unfortunately no answers Uh, the second One comes from February of 2020 uh, from a location that I've been to uh, a number of times, camped out there. And speaking of kayaking, I've kayaked uh, a majority of that ginormous reservoir that surrounds 
Uh, well, I guess it doesn't surround. It's in the middle of it. And that's the Salt Fork State Park in Ohio. And they even got a primitive campground that's called Bigfoot Ridge. Uh, a lot of activity down at uh, Salt Fork. It's part of the what's called the Sasquatch Triangle here in Ohio. It's pretty much um, one of the uh, the corners, I guess you could call, of the uh, Sasquatch Triangle. It's a pretty popular area for Bigfoot sightings. Tons of deer down there. They're just wandering around during the daytime. It's a little scared to drive through, to be honest. Um, gosh, I've probably seen about 15 or 20 just kayaking, just hanging out down by the river or the, uh, I guess, the reservoir, drinking. Um, it's a short video of a purported Bigfoot moving through a wooded area. Uh, again, it also created a lot of controversy since it looks convincing, uh, but again, has nothing to back it up. It's just a random story. And uh, a lot of people feel it's just a person in a costume. Of course, uh, it's like blackish grayish was uh, explained by the witness. But again, nothing to, to uh, back that up, back up that story. So again, I'll put a little picture there in the chat room. Not quite a not quite a mature forest, uh, but that does could be could be Salt Fork. I've done my fair share of hiking through there uh, over the years. Not really a whole lot of mature forest there, but uh, could be. Could be. Uh, the third of five of these stories took place in Oregon. And we go back to 2019. That was collected by Dr. Maria Mayer. Probably know that name. You're a primatologist, a member of the television show Expedition Bigfoot. Move over, Matt Moneymaker. Uh, the video was captured using a thermal imaging camera of what is described as big and ape-like. Um, I don't know. It just looked like a little dot to me, but uh, you can see it moving around if you watch the video. Uh, it was on uh, it was Travel Channel, I think it was. I forget what, what channel they're on. But yeah, you could see it's just a little red blob. They made a big deal about this, though. I remember it was uh, probably one of the bigger sightings of the year. Uh, looked like bipedal, uh, but it's, it's really hard to tell when you're looking through um, thermal imaging cameras. Yeah, travel channel. Uh, but uh, a lot of people uh, saw this right away and said, no, that's just a bear who is uh, standing up. They, they can't really see. It's dark, uh, but they could sniff. And if you guys were downwind, it's probably trying to figure out who's making all that ruckus and noise and the lights, I'm sure from the uh, production cameras and crew and the sound mics and all that stuff. I'm probably wondering what the heck is going on down the road. Uh, the fourth piece of evidence was purportedly collected by a game warden in Northern California. Purportedly. Uh, so a lot of skepticism behind this particular story, even those involved in the uh, big footery aspect of cryptozoology uh, the camera was set up to search for drug gangs back in 2016 and was in a remote area of the sequoia national forest 27 miles in they claim that you can't uh, can't reach it by uh, even atvs you have to uh, walk through it eh, i don't know about that uh, it was claimed the camera was ripped off of the tree and buried in leaves 
And footprints were also purportedly collected, but uh, we never saw this evidence at all. It was a pretty close-up picture. Uh, again, stirred up a lot of debate as to what we we're looking at uh, because of the uh, strange close-up uh, view of these hairy, like hairy feet. What could that be? Bear? Could be a bear. Uh, you don't get enough detail to really figure it out, uh, but it was a big deal. Uh, the fifth piece described uh, happened back in October of 2012 in Provo Canyon, Utah. I didn't think this was that big of a deal. Uh, siblings were out camping when they filmed a creature that stood up and walked away. They initially thought it was a bear, uh, but it uh, kind of freaked them out when it walked away. Uh, they These were uh, purportedly not Bigfoot believers. Uh, however, the 49-second video, which gained over 7.6 million views, was on a YouTube channel that uh, only had Bigfoot videos. So I found that hard to believe that they were not believers. And the whole story, to me, didn't make any sense uh, because they had nothing but Bigfoot videos on their YouTube channel. Um, image of that clip, throw that in the chat room. So if you're not in chat, you're not listening live, I apologize. Sorry about that, but you're not going to be able to see these. Um, I, I guess I could do a uh, blog post. Yeah, right. Me and blog posts. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I just kind of thought of that now. But uh, if you're in chat, you can see these uh, pictures of the videos. Just a, a black splot there. Blob squatch, pretty much. The video is a little bit more uh, interesting, but still ambiguous. You really can't make out a whole lot of detail uh, from it at all. But um, still interesting. And, and what kind of uh, irritates me about this list, it's a good list. Uh, there's a, a couple of really interesting claims here. Uh, anytime you have a, a primatologist or a professional involved uh, in some of these things, granted it was for a TV show, and sometimes they, they kind of bend reality for um, – for these shows, I mean, come on, it's it's not, it's not all real, really real stuff. But um, what what's kind of sad to me about this list, uh, they don't mention. Uh, it's it's all about videos, I guess. It's all about uh, stuff that's that's entertaining, I guess, more than. Um, but it does say proof, so provide proof. And I don't think any of these videos really provide any any proof. You know, it's it's. It's kind of evidence, but it's just data. It's just information collected. And most of these weren't uh, in the search of this creature, except for the uh, Oregon uh, thermal image. But uh, again, they didn't get close enough. They gathered no other evidence of of anything. There's no DNA. There's no hair. There's no uh, footprints. There's no scat. There's nothing. There's no other sightings uh, anywhere near that area. Uh, during that time frame, uh, no vocalizations, even though I don't really trust that either. Uh, I've been in the woods, and I've heard Bigfoot, what I thought was Bigfoot, then a little bit of hiking later, and I had found people in the woods that were probably doing that noise. Uh, so can't trust that. I can't trust random things smacking into trees. 
I don't know who came up with that, but that's silly, I think. Um, but there's no other data to back these these events up. None. But you don't have to go too far to see some interesting stories of such findings. Uh, the eDNA collection efforts of uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum back in uh, 2017 in Washington State. He collected uh, around uh, potential nesting sites, the same with the uh, aforementioned uh, Expedition Bigfoot team, they collected, uh, was it Kentucky, uh, the Appalachian Highlands last year, they collected information uh, of eDNA. That was a big story that uh, I don't even know what happened with that. It just kind of, they made the big announcement. They had the show and I never heard anything, never heard anything since then. So I don't know, it must not have been anything completely major. You know, I was purportedly unknown primate, but uh, eDNA is very tricky because it's it's just that environmental DNA could come from pretty much anywhere. Um, you might have gone to the zoo and gotten hair on you and might have worn not worn those pants in a couple of days. And then you go hiking in the woods and that eDNA gets left behind. And people think, well, there's a monkey by a tree. Could be as simple as that. Uh, but who knows? But uh, yeah, no mention of... Any, anything more sophisticated than a photograph in those stories. So, yeah, weird. Weird. Um, but, yeah, a lot of these are just viral videos. You really have to be careful, especially when things are on YouTube. Uh, so I have I have ad blocker on mine, so I don't always know. Sometimes you, you you have to kind of pay attention to see if there's if it's uh, ad enabled. But more often than not, any of these uh, fake UFO videos, these fake Bigfoot videos, fake ghost videos, uh, they're all monetized. And all these people do is they they get these videos, they upload them, they monetize them, and then they email out to news organizations who pick them up, uh, make a story out of them, which is then copied and pasted all over the internet by you know news organizations then they hit uh, shows like this websites like the anomalist and unexplained mysteries and others uh, who also carry these uh, and then of course there's the debate behind them is it real is it real is it fake is it fake is it a bear what is that uh, even though it's probably fake um, just getting that uh, debate drives up that number of views and uh, puts a little shiny pennies in somebody's pocket. And everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame uh, along with a small check to, uh, to make them feel like they, uh, you know, got something worthwhile out of it, but sad, but true. Anyway, let's leave that behind and let's move up to UFO news and some very sad news for UFO fans as uh, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid passed away last week. And Reid had been the, uh, gosh, the, the big voice for a longtime proponent of UFO belief and was a major voice for the field uh, in the government. Uh, granted, most of it was uh, since his retirement. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just still a very vocal person that uh, the UFO field really sorely needed inside of the government or at least with governmental ties 
In 2007, he secured funding for a program to investigate UFOs and related phenomena through the Pentagon. And since then, he's been a, a major proponent of UFO and UAP uh, research and disclosure. And, of course, uh, could have led to where we're at today. Probably, probably might not have been where we're at without Harry Reid, but uh, Reid was 82 and had been dealing with cancer, so shouldn't be a major surprise. And I read that some people were shocked that this was an inside job or something. I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, these are different times we're living in, and I don't know if you can just assume that anybody of a higher age is uh, is just passing away from government espionage. Because of you, I mean, the cat's out of the bag at this point. It's been out of the bag since 2017, so uh, which is weird. That's in the next story, and our next story of tonight is uh, is a look back 2021. The top 10 UAP slash UFO stories of 2021. And uh, Reed makes this piece, Harry Reed. Um, is it another another news story? Back to back. Uh, Medium.com, it's the website, uh, Medium, released an article on December 29th titled, Yes, Top 10 UAP UFO Stories from 2021. The article uh, was written by Bryce Zabel. A very heavily opinionated piece. I had a, a couple couple moments of I had to get up and walk away because I really didn't agree with some of this. And I'll talk a little bit about this as we go through it. Um, really heavily uh, opinion piece. You know, of course, it's uh, his view of the top 10 stories of last year. And it's pretty good that we have 10 UAP UFO stories from any given year. Uh, so it's uh, time to celebrate that kind of stuff. Um. And speaking of 2017, when the floodgates opened, yes, that was the New York Times article that really opened the door for UAPs and UFOs to uh, be acknowledged by the government and the general public. It was no longer, you know, wackos and weirdos seeing these in trailer parks and, you know, the laughing last minute story, if they had time for it. At the bottom of the news hour, uh, after the weather, after sports, um, after the zany story of the week, and then you hear the uh, the X Files theme, and they, you know, snickering and laughing, and you know everybody rolling their eyes as they talk about this strange UFO story locally, and it's just a big joke. Well, it's no longer a joke. Uh, this is on the front page of newspapers and uh, magazines and. Uh, this has become a full-fledged big deal, acknowledged by the government, and it's it's weird. To, it's still weird to hear that. Still weird to talk about that after all these years of it just hiding in the background. And you had a couple of crazy zany people pounding their their hands on on a desk at a conference, talking about how real this stuff is, and nobody wants to hear. And uh, you know, you go back to the. Uh, Phoenix Lights incident where they made fun of that. The uh, governor 
walking in with a uh, somebody dressed up as an alien, handcuffed, and you know, it was everything was a joke. And ever since 2017, it seems like it's it's a big deal. So uh, Bryce Zabel states that 2021 was the biggest year for UFOs since. But why? Uh, so he counts it down with the top 10, uh, with number 10 saying, uh, the final disappointing sputtering out of the To The Stars Academy. And I was confused by that. I knew what happened last year, of course. And the author seems to insinuate that the TTSA is now defunct, that it's gone, which is not true. Um, it's still around. They're not doing a tremendous amount of work. I think a lot of what they're doing is just not really public knowledge or public information. It's kind of happening behind closed doors. They've got a lot of contracts that they're working through with the government. Uh, still a lot of research going on. And, of course, last year, it's pretty much been a well, just short of a year of last year where it said goodbye to Chief Operating Officer Steve Justice, Director of Special Programs Luis Elizondo, and Advisor Chris Mellon, who were announced in a press conference, or I should say a press release, that they have moved on to other projects. And that seemed to be uh, kind of a warning sign, a red flag, that this uh, organization – you know, may not last too long, but then the uh, the the organization went public a couple of months later and um, uh, public training. So it's, it's a real deal. But uh, Tom DeLonge does seem to be focused more on uh, making music and movies. I think he just released, announced the release of a, a new movie, I believe. And uh, like I said, the To the Stars Academy seems focused more on entertainment and education. Uh, but the company's still active. They're still doing things. They still have contracts out uh, that they're working through or working with. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like, I don't know, DeLong is just kind of, well, he's always been out there. Not UFO out there, just out there as a, as a person. Just He's like a he's like a squirrel. He's, he's always focused on something and then until something else gets his attention. Uh, but they're still active. I don't think that they're they're done. They just really haven't made anything big. Lately, but uh, I would so I'm going to go out there on a limb, make a prediction. 2022, you're going to hear from uh, something from the out of from the uh, to the Stars Academy TTSA. They'll say something this year. Uh, they'll have some video or some purported evidence or something this year. They'll be back. They'll be back. Uh, number nine of the top ten UAP UFO stories according to Medium.com. Uh, former presidents and presidential candidates go on the record. So last year, both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama talked about UAPs in interviews. Well, the author kind of makes it sound like they admitted that there's something behind it, but I believe Barack's was just kind of a he's kind of laughing about it when he said it. So I don't know how serious that conversation really was. Uh, we also have uh, presidential candidates, Senator Mitt Romney, Senator Marco Rubio, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Uh, they're all vocally trying to get to the bottom of the issue of UAPs and UFOs. So uh, that's true. Uh, you know, in addition to 
Harry Reid. You got a lot of other people that are talking about UFOs. I think you can go back. I think, gosh, at least all the way that I can think of back to uh, Jimmy Carter, who had his own UFO sighting. I think he was in politics at the time on a, on a plane and he saw a UFO. Um, but I don't know about Reagan. Did Reagan talk about UFOs? I don't remember. I don't think he would have either. But um, I mean, President Trump didn't. wasn't a big believer in it. Kind of was very negative about UFOs. But I, I think every president has, has mentioned it or been asked in some certain way. So it's nothing new, I don't think. But uh, it's interesting to see presidential candidates talking about that because that could be construed as something, you know, putting them in a loony bin. But again, this is uh, mainstream stuff for the last couple of years. So it's not out of the ordinary for anybody to, to mention that because it is a, uh, a focus of debate and concern. So, of course, if I'm a presidential candidate, knowing that's an issue that's out there, of course, I'm going to make mention. I'm going to address it or at least say oh, I want to get to the bottom of it, even if I don't care. It's just something to get uh, votes or attention. Uh, number eight, investigative reporters take on a cosmic water gate. Well, that's interesting, right? Uh, this focused on the work of Australian Ross Coulthard and American George Knapp. We know that guy uh, who have dug deep into the UFO UAP issue uh, through journalism, through writing books. And uh, articles, which uh, you know get you in trouble sometimes. It goes beyond just those uh, random UFO books. I wrote one of those myself uh, that pop up every now and again on Amazon or what else. This was actual investigative reporting, digging deep into these issues. What's going on behind closed doors? What are people talking about? And that gets you in a lot of trouble. Uh, but these two have pushed that envelope, which is pretty good. Uh, we need more of that. That keeps people honest. Uh, keeps uh, information from uh, getting stalled out sometimes. And it, and it keeps the doors open for conversation. you got to have that. Whatever happened to journalism? Real journalism, not just not the stuff you see on the news. That's all fake. It is fake news, uh, really, when you come down to it. It's all for ratings, so they'll... Spin a story however they feel. It's going to get. Uh, it's going to sell more commercial space. That's really all they care about is how many cars you can sell in an hour or half hour. It's really nobody cares about the news. They only care about what people want to hear. Sad but true. Uh, number seven, skeptics had a hard year. Now the uh, author was uh, insinuating that with more people coming forward. That uh, dismissal about the UFO, UAP phenomena is difficult. It's no longer an option, is what he says. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few stories where it seems that way, but uh, skeptics are, have not given up, not dismissed everything. Uh, we see uh, quite a few stories that a lot of people come straight forward and, and are able to potentially explain some of these things that uh, the people who have recorded them swear up and down are UFOs, but, uh, you know, people will come straight forward and say, look, here, here's the information, here's the evidence, here's probably what happened. 
Uh, but again, if you're a true believer in UFOs, UAPs, you're going to see things a little bit different. You're going to see things that way. Uh, number six, U.S. intelligence leaders tease non-human explanations. Okay. Uh, Trump's director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, Obama's director of central intelligence, John Brennan, and the current director of national intelligence, Avril Haynes, see as well as I see Luis Elizondo, uh, all of these people have stated that something beyond Earth is going on behind these UAP sightings. So non-human explanations. Uh, I don't know if that's completely true. That's what the author says. But I think uh, I think some of these statements were just made to get attention. I don't think that we're leaning toward uh, aliens or Martians or whatever you insert strange creature here. Um, I think the, the real threat here is, is, A, we don't know what it is, and B, I think the bigger threat here is if it's uh, another nation, another um, another superpower that's spying on us or putting equipment in the skies that we can't figure out what it is. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think that's a bigger threat. I know that doesn't make sense, but the bigger threat being in another country uh, versus alien technology. Obviously, if it's alien technology, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be... Uh, figured out so that's the case it's probably not a threat uh, you know if they roll up in giant ships and and block out the sun and start blowing up buildings with lasers through the bottom of their ships that that's a threat it also sounds like independence day but you know that's kind of the spectrum that we see but i don't know if, if these are alien power craft i've said it a number of times on the show my belief is it would just be scout ships same thing that we do. We send out probes. I don't think it's any sort of threat. And for any alien species to send a ship uh, that far through space, that would take an immense amount of energy and time. So I'm not sure about that. So I, I think we'd have to lean toward uh, Russian or Chinese technology that uh, is threatening our, our skies. And I've also said there could be domestic stuff as well that uh, people have designed that we just don't know about. But is it aliens? Could be aliens. It always could be aliens. Uh, number five on the list, new obits for Harry Reid are a wake-up call. I'm a little confused on that one until I read it. Uh, so basically, the author said that uh, numerous obituaries, uh, history of Harry Reid was... Uh, uh, after his passing, were on pretty much every news website. And the he felt that there was no mention of UFOs, UAPs, uh, on purpose, that this information was buried and that people didn't want to talk about it and just to shift the focus. Uh, but if you spent any time and you read any of these uh, uh, any of these pieces that were honoring, the, mem the memory of uh, Harry Reid. There were very good, lots of information about his history and the things that he has accomplished and, and did during his uh, height of tenure in the government. Not so much what happened after his retirement. Um, I mean, yeah, we got to remember that, you know, 
people in the UFO field celebrate him as a hero because of what he's been doing lately. But you tend to forget that he's had a very long history in politics and he's accomplished a lot uh, during that time. Um, but so I kind of took that as a personal challenge saying that nobody, I think you said that one or maybe two uh, outlets mentioned something about Harry Reid, but every, everything else was just cover-ups, basically. Uh, but I did a quick search, and I got articles from TMZ, Daily Mail, The Hill, uh, a number of other sources that talked about his UFO interests since his passing. So uh, I think that was just highly subjective, and you were looking for, and you found what you were looking for uh, with that. Uh, number four on the list, NASA's Bill Nelson says the quiet part out loud. Uh, now, NASA has been... You know, it's been a concern of mine as well. NASA has just ignored the UFO topic completely. You know, they've always been focused in, in outer space, focusing on planets and, and moons and our solar system or other uh, galaxies, for that matter, uh, looking for life out there. And they don't really care about what's happening in our backyard. Uh, so they've kind of ignored the topic. Uh, but Bill Nelson's finally opened NASA up on the topic uh, talking about what could potentially be happening in our in our atmosphere and around us. Again, this kind of goes with the, uh, the the. I mean, it's become fashion lately since uh, again 2017 to talk about UAPs and UFOs in politics. So uh, again, I think that all comes down to money. You see a lot of money being tossed around at the government on UAP and UFO research. I mean, why would you not want to do that if you're NASA? You know, they get a lot of money. All their funding comes from the government. So you can't ignore something that's going to possibly bring you money. I hate to say it that way, but that's what I feel about it. Of course, they're going to talk about UFOs and UAPs. If it's going to get a couple zeros on their check, why not do it? But you can't ignore it anymore. Well, that's just uh, not now. We'll see if it goes away, if it fades off, if new information presents itself about uh, foreign or domestic adversaries that have invented drone technology beyond what we know, then yeah, it'll probably fade away and uh, NASA will have to come up with something else. Uh, number three on the list, 60 Minutes. This was a big deal. I agree with this story or this part of the story. 60 Minutes breaks its UFO taboo. Um, the UAP episode broke new ground. Uh, just being on the show I mean, a half a century long, it's been very conservative. Uh, not something I would have ever watched as a TV show. I can't stand that little clicking of the, the time time thing anyway. It just drives me crazy. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, they kind of make up with their own idea of what news is. I agree with that. Uh, but that UAP episode, which is uh, it's been on twice, it's uh, really helped bring UFOs and UAPs into the mainstream. Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, that 63 minute or 60 minutes episode uh, was mind-boggling because that that show never really gets into that kind of stuff. Uh, but again, you know, does it come down to because it was popular? 60 minutes just finally break and say, well, you know, maybe we should talk about that because we can sell some cars. Who knows? Uh, but that was a that to me was a big deal because that's not the kind of show that you would ever think you would see or hear about UFOs or UAPs on. Uh, number two on the list, 
the preliminary assessment on unidentified aerial phenomena says UAP is a real problem. Now, this basically uh, comes down to is number one on my list of the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2021, which was the June 25th, 2021 report that was released on UAPs, that whopping nine-page report uh, that we'd all waited months for, anticipating it to kind of be let down by it, I, I think. Uh, the, author, the author of this article has taken uh, an interpretation that the report leans in the direction that these reports are made uh, about objects that are not made on Earth. I, I don't know how you could say that if you've read it. Uh, I don't think it's entirely true. Yes, they can't explain it, uh, but it seems to me that if you uh, read it for what it's worth, if you're objective about it, it doesn't really lean completely in the direction of UFOs from outer space or from alien technology. It, it leaves the door open for that, but I, I think the, the direction is more in line with technology we just don't understand. And that doesn't mean that that's alien technology, just technology we don't get, we don't know. Uh, so, yeah, the door is open either way, but I don't think it leans completely in that direction. Uh, the number one story, according to the author here on Medium.com, was the passage and signing of the Gillibrand uh, Rubio Amendment to the uh, National Defense Appropriations Act. Of course, that just really is still unfolding as we speak. Uh, the defense bill so far includes an act to create a new office to investigate and report on the UAP topic instead of bearing the reports. Kind of sounds like something that would happen at the basement of the Pentagon, I think. Uh, but we've seen a, a little bit of, uh, call it an adversary to that, you know, trying to pass other things to create offices to try to bury the stuff. But um, last time we read, I. Uh, Biden finally signed it, uh, but it's now up to Congress to finalize this bill without taking anything out of it. Uh, but I think it's going to pass as is. So that'll be exciting and could be a big story for 2022. But we'll have to see how big of an office this is or what it's uh, really going to report, if it does report anything to the general public or we hear anything from this new office. But still exciting. I don't agree entirely with some of the content of that list, but it's still a good list. And it's uh, it's exciting to see that UFOs and UAPs is no longer in the dark ages. Uh, so exciting to see that. And probably uh, talking about space, uh, one last story tonight. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of, and I want to talk about it, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid to because of all the uh, problems this poor thing has is, is encountered since, gosh, well before I started my show uh, 13 plus years ago. It, it's just had so many problems, so many issues. Now to finally get this point, it's finally in space. And uh, today it finally – was today? Was it yesterday? Yeah, today they finally unfurled. The uh, entire sun shield. So they started it, they took a break, and they finished it. 
the sun shield is, is they say it's about the size of a tennis court. Can't remember the exact dimensions, but this thing is thin. It's as thin as human hair. So it's, you know, unfurling is scary uh, because it has to be intact. If it's, sh- if it's uh, shredded in any way, forget it. Might as well just launch that thing into the sun or I guess it's headed away from the sun, but you know what I mean? It's not even worth anything. Uh, so it was an eight-day process to unfold and tighten the protective shield. It uh, started uh, December 28th, and uh, it's done. It's done uh, this morning, 11.59 a.m. Eastern Time. Whew. That's all I have to say about that. And um, It's almost there. It's going to take a little bit more time for this thing to get in place. And uh, tell you, when they start taking pictures, you are going to be impressed. Uh, I can just say that. Hopefully, before the year is out, we get some, uh, not just photographs, but we get some information from this thing. Uh, get our money's worth out of it. Has planet Earth. Everybody pitched in. I think every country pitched in a few dollars or, or 20 uh, for this thing. Very expensive. $10 billion over budget. But hey, who's counting? just money right you can't take it with you yes thank you canada for your major contribution um but i think we're going to get some uh, interesting data from this maybe not this year uh, but i hope we're going to get some interesting stories they'll probably you know leak teasers about it uh, about james webb finding the uh source of the big bang or some other information from it it'll probably be some teaser story but regardless i look forward to that uh, look forward to all the news that we're going to hear this year, 2022. It could be an interesting. Hopefully, it's going to break the mold from the last couple of years. It's gotten a little boring. Not going to lie. Uh, Loch Ness monster, come on. We need some. We need some great stuff out there. But uh, I think I. I think we're going to see some interesting stuff this year. Can't wait. And um, can't wait for episode 500. Be the next show. Unfortunately, it won't happen next week. Uh, no show next week. Take a little bit of a, a my winter break, but I'll be back. Keep working on the events listing. I'll have that uh, even more updated in two weeks. Uh, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. Always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, you know it. Don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.